0: blog
1: talk radio hello everyone and welcome to working for a living radio show where we present opinions that matter tonight we're joined uh by co-hosts jeff brown and dave fillion and i'm your moderator leroy mcknight um just want to say that uh, uh good luck to our friend terry uh with her uh that has had some issues and we uh, all have a very sad heart for her as she continues to deal with that. so uh, good luck Terry. Uh, we have a couple of announcements. Um, first one, let's have a moment of silence for those brave, brave police officers who have lost their lives in a sniper shooting shooting in Dallas, Texas. Thank you everyone our thoughts and prayers are with their families and friends and everyone involved in this.
0: It's just a tragic event.
1: Our second announcement is that the uh, UAW local nine workers at the Honeywell, Honeywell plant in South Bend, Indiana, remain locked out by their plant management. Uh, we will update you as we hear more about those numbers, uh, David Fillion is going to cover a little bit on that uh, later in the show. Uh, we had one email, uh, our friend Herb in Florida. Thank you, Herb. You've become a quite a uh, regular email uh, participant. We we thank you for that. Uh, Herb says, "I'm very sad about the shooting in Dallas and the man, a teacher, who died as we watched, as we all watched on video." Herb, I think all all of us feel the same way. It was just tragic in both instances. So uh, I see we have uh, uh, Jeff Brown on, and I'll bring uh, him on at the moment. And hi, Jeff. Hi,
2: LeBron.
1: How are you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. David's out there in the wings. We'll bring him on as well. Hi, David.
2: Hi. Hey. Right. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Pretty good, David. David Gillian and Jeff Brown with us tonight. So, uh, hi, hey, Jeff. Dave. Uh, you guys are doing pretty good. It's been kind of a cool weekend here in, in Michigan. You know, it's been just blistering hot for about two weeks, and we finally got a little cool weather. So it's uh, it's always nice to have a weekend where you can actually walk around. <laughs> How are you guys doing mm-hmm. in this cool weather? I
0: love
1: it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I love it too, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, i uh, uh bring you on. You have uh, some... Uh, information regarding the French Protests over there uh, I'll let you take that away Brother uh, I know you did a lot of research on it this week and, and posted it on since our last show By the way we hope everybody had a Wonderful 4th of July weekend while we were Gone uh, our, You know we, we really didn't uh, uh, Do much uh, uh, During the holiday And it's been sort of quiet uh, we, do, we have had a few things Going on regarding labor but uh, especially uh, overseas there in France. And uh, Go ahead, Jeff, and, and cover that
0: for us, if you would, please. Okay, I'll try to keep this real quick. Um, I posted three separate articles last week about the uh, protests in France. Uh, of course, mainstream media on this side of the Atlantic or the other side of the Atlantic has not made this. Public, so I, I have to go to alternate sources to find information. What is happening in France? Is France is looking. The government is looking to change the labor laws over there, where employers can fire or lay off their employees. Now, under French law, they cannot do that um, if. If a company has a worker who passed away, they don't have to uh, hire somebody to take its place or her place. Um, since March, there have been violent protests in the cities of France. Um, major, major demonstrations all over the country. Um, what they're trying to do is push this law in effect without a debate um, it's still not signed yet but we expect it to be signed shortly because the country has holidays coming up here real soon so I'm sure that after their holidays it will be coming back to full force and there will be more protests um, giving our ethic. it's Kind of weird to way the government set up. It looks like, from what I read, they have a prime minister, they have a socialist prime minister, and a communist prime minister. I'm not sure if I understand this correctly, but I'll get more detail from it. Um, the government has also tried to make protests illegal because of so much activity going on in the streets. They have failed to do that as of yet. Um, What they did, or what is going to happen, is next year France will have their elections, their general elections to the public. And their elections are publicly funded, unlike the United States. So you're going to see a lot of activity from different groups fighting for opposition. France also has a 10% unemployment rate, which is really high and that's another reason why the protests are going on. Um, and there's something I found out today reading my articles here: is They are looking for a stop T-T-I-P, which means Transatlantic Investment Partnership, is more or less like the uh, T-T-P here in the States, and things are only getting worse over there because it is all over um, the, the I referred to as uh, the New World Order taken over. It has been for a while, um, since George H.W. Bush, um, for the end of his term, he announced it. Many people don't know about it, so if you don't know about it, please Google it. It's very interesting. Bush was not the only one who came out at the time to announce this. Russian President Putin also said the same thing at the same time. This story, um, the labor unions and other organizers said that while this round of protests may be over, activists and workers will be put on the streets again later this year, even if the bill becomes law. So if you want to know more about this, please read up on the articles I posted on our Facebook page. I confirmed all these stories, Contact I have in France. Uh, I reached out to him asking more information and what he sent back in a very timely matter. Um, this is exactly what I just said. Um, he's protesting going on since March. Holidays are coming up. He expects them to stop during holiday period. Uh, but Please, this is very important. We think our country is bad. France is going through some major violence over these protests. Um, will the Americans stand up and protest for TTP? I doubt it. Um, I hope they would, but I doubt it. We have seen protests in Brazil and other countries over TTP. So I will post it more information as time goes on because we really gotta watch out for this. Um, France is also considering even the European Union. And that's gonna cause a little bit of a shakedown too worldwide, as Britain did. So that's what all I got, Leroy. Um, people need to take okay okay, Jeff. I you know, I got a couple of
1: comments, maybe questions. Uh You know, having lived in Europe for a good long while, myself, uh, about this time of the year in Europe, pretty much everywhere, uh, they go on holiday for about six weeks. Uh, And during that time, you know, most of the manufacturing is down uh, and essential services are available and most of the restaurants remain open and the pubs and things, they call them guest houses in Germany. Uh, but you can, you know, you can get around and there's gas and things like that. I mean, not everybody's on, on holiday, but for the most part, the, the government and the large businesses go on holiday. So there's really not much that happens there between now and the uh, the end of August. Uh, and so uh, I, I did see your post from your friend, the uh, writer in, in France, and it's really nice that you have that contact. It's, you know, Jeff, you're just full of surprises from time to time. I tell you, I got a lot of respect for uh, everything that you do and all the research that you do. But I'm I'm guessing that there's not going to be much going on for the next six weeks just because of the holiday season. But as you indicated, uh, there is a whole movement there by some of these party leaders that want to kick back in as soon as the holiday season's over in early September And start these protests back up again, uh, as some of you may not or may or may not realize. I mean, uh, France is is a country, but it's the size of a large state here in the United States, and they have a very concentrated population. Most of the European countries do. So, you know, when they uh, have an issue like this, it's like you know, going to the capital in mass like we do here in michigan from time to time we've had you know 20 thirty thousand people down there from time to time and uh it doesn't happen all the time but when it's organized and and uh, called for we we do have those sort of protests here it's just very different in a in a country in europe uh, one they can get everybody uh, not just the organized labor folk to come out and do these things and I guess uh, Jeff, I want to ask this question. Uh, the, the, this law is intended to reduce their unemployment, but they're going to do that by allowing com- countries, not to lay companies, not to lay people off, but rather to just fire them wholesale. Is that correct? Exactly. That's
0: correct. The, the law is yeah. is now favoring the companies, um, giving them the right to fire and even layoff workers at their own choosing. Uh, so, you are, York, are correct?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's that's interesting that they're gonna you know, deal with their unemployment by firing everybody.
0: <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I just ten percent unemployment. Just, you know,
1: wow. Yeah. Just you know, just amazing how how they intended to deal with their problem you know, rather than try and you know create some, some more industry somehow. Uh, but you know, it's going away as, you know, these robots come more and more into our life. Uh, Automation is is coming in, and, of course, they're already, you know, as as we see here in the United States, outsourcing to suppliers and outsourcing to other countries for a lot less wages. Then they have the problem with, you know, um, recalls and quality issues uh, of all manner uh, because they've allowed that to be out of the control of the primary company itself so as in case of the Detroit 3 um, the other thing I'd like to address uh, with, with you, you you mentioned this trans-atlantic uh, partnership uh, they they are really against it in Europe uh, we're we're actually uh, a part of that you know we're on the other side of the Atlantic we're just not hearing it because the union leaders have focused on TPP so here in the United States we have we have uh, ongoing uh, trade negotiations very similar in nature across the Pacific and across the Atlantic. Uh, the TPP is not the only thing uh, that, that can really hamstring us as a country. I mean, it's just some of the stuff that's ongoing. It's just horrible. They can have these basically secret corporate courts that can trump local government ordinances and and state laws, uh, and if you uh, hinder their profit in any way, including unionism, uh, <laughs> asking for more wages, that's that's against the, the tenets of these, these trans-Pacific and trans-Atlantic agreements. So uh, we're not hearing about the, the Atlantic one, but it's been there for a couple of years, and they're really against it in Europe. I mean, you've seen a couple of articles in, in German on it. And uh, now you're reporting on this as well. Uh, that the French really they're really opposing this too. Uh, and did they give you any time frame in in uh, your discussions uh, regarding the T Transatlantic Agreement, uh, Jeff?
0: They they didn't really speak much about it. It's just that they were involved and people weren't happy with the TTIP, but it, didn't really go into more detail. Um, I will Google it and try to find more information. If I do, I'll put it on a page.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, our, our, again, our page is the same as the
1: the uh, the show and our website, uh, and you can find links to all of those. Uh, it's working for a living uh, on Facebook and our website. The same thing. That's working with a no G and living with no G, but then you put those all together, working for the number four, a living, and uh, you can pretty much type that in. Uh, As of the 1st of July, uh, I wasn't aware that we were number one in Google if you search in Google Chrome, Uh, but we are number one in Google, we're number one in Yahoo search engine, and we're number one in Bing.com search engine. Uh, so we, we have that, and kind of pat ourselves on the back a little. we we've, we've uh, this is you know the show is fairly new, and uh, we, we we've already accomplished that. So that's kind of nice. And we have a new addition. We have an, a Twitter account now. Uh, so if you're Twitter friendly, please go there and uh, like our stuff and retweet it if you so choose. Uh, we already had a number of retweets uh, in our email uh today. Uh we that just came we just made that uh Twitter account today and there's already a number of retweets. Uh, I want to thank everybody also in the switchboard tonight. It's kinda nice to see you there uh listening. Uh raise your hand if you want to talk. Uh and just push one to do that. So uh but having said that, uh you have anything else, Jeff, on, on the uh the, the issues over there in France at this
0: moment? Uh no, it's just um like i said the, the new world order is taking place, and companies more and more companies are getting greater control um, making it hard for the working class throughout the world uh, right. so we'll keep everybody informed yeah. as I get more information
1: right there's if you want to know more about the the new world order there's a real good book uh, uh it's uh a about the Bildenbergs, it's a review. So if you just uh, uh, Google Bildenberg book review and it comes up pretty much number one, I find the objectives of the Bildenberg organization. This is a man that uh, studied them for about 12 years uh, and wrote this book. And then there's this is a nice book review on it, uh, the short version. Uh, I find their objectives very very interesting uh, to to the extent that uh, they want to have uh, the elite and slaves and the good slaves will be rewarded and the slaves that are uh, you know sort of outspoken will be eliminated and that's what this man wrote in his book so uh, that's actually posted on uh, 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 one of the articles that Jeff posted regarding the Teamsters uh, where they are now talking about not having an election uh, and Jeff Brown posted that and I made a comment regarding they really played that card that they're going to be a monarchy now in the Teamsters Union. They're not even going to have the facade of having an election. Uh, So we'll see if they actually have one or not. They had at least one person speak at their convention saying that they didn't need to deal with the minority people out there, that they had everything under control they shouldn't have to have an election just because of these few people that are inconsequential in their organization. Um, So um, we'll see what happens there. I know there's other organizations that would like to follow that lead and we'll certainly keep everybody posted as that uh, occurs or doesn't occur, their election over there. So, But thank you, Jeff, for that. Uh, and uh, that, uh, that's very interesting stuff on the New World Order, too. If you, if you get a chance, there's a pretty nice post about the Teamsters and there's uh, some dialogue below it written by yours truly uh, that uh, you might find interesting about the cycles of democracy and the objectives of this new world order that's being perpetrated by the Bilderberg group. Uh, it's worth getting the book and he's actually reading it. Uh, having said that, uh, we we have, uh, uh, David, do you have anything to comment on the French issue? No,
2: you guys covered that pretty good. Um, okay. Thanks for uh, all your good work, Jeff. All right, Jeff.
1: Yeah, you're doing a great great job, Jeff. We really appreciate it. Uh, So, David, you did some work on the uh, the Honeywell issue. Uh, We have in the UAW a local union that's been locked out of their workplace uh, in South Bend, Indiana, and the company is Honeywell, typically a uh, furnace uh, and air conditioner company uh, these days, and they just locked out. Uh, the members that were going to work one day they couldn't get in and they're uh i'll let david uh, elaborate more on what he's uh going to update us on that situation david
2: okay um well leroy i'm going to start with honeywell and um i've actually um added another topic that i would like to speak about i'll try to keep that short um in uh the case of Honeywell workers, um, they've been locked out now since May ninth. Um, I don't know if all our members know the rich history of this local. Um in November of nineteen thirty six, um, Honeywell was owned at that time by Bendix. And it was the site of the very first sit down strike by the United Auto Workers Union. Um Ultimately, they were successful in getting the UAW recognized, and the tactic started there, quickly spread across the United States, inspiring the workers who led the far more well-known Flint strike that December. Um, The workers um, at Honeywell, um, they build uh, wheels for F-35s and Boeing 747s. Um, that was uh, announced earlier in the year that 4,000 Boeing workers would be laid off and uh, if the uh, company gets their way down there um, some of the workers in that plant will be making less than $15 an hour um, that's starvation wages so let's hope that that doesn't happen to them one thing that's ironic, um, well, let's discuss um, unemployment benefits first. It's understood that these workers are currently um, drawing unemployment benefits at the time. Those are going to run out um, at some point. Um, one of the things I find ironic about um, the Honeywell workers and uh, the uh, they make wheels there. And in our history, we had Accuride. They also made wheels. Um, in the case of Honeywell, the AFL, CIO, and the United Auto Workers, they also seem to have a real good plan down there that we could see. And um, there seems like there should be some collaboration with the IAM and the UAW to work together to help these workers at Honeywell. Hopefully that can happen in the future. Um, In the case of uh, um, Accurite, what we saw happen there, the workers continued to um, reject the contract proposals that were brought to them. And Lily Robinson found himself in a position where the United Auto Workers president um, at the time, Stephen Jokic, um, took over his plant with a friendly administration. Um, prior to that, he cut off their strike benefits and their health insurance. And it's my understanding that while these workers were um, voting down these contracts, they were under the watchful eye of Robert Boone and their international um, staff route. I see him write a great deal um, today on many UAW pages. Um, I'm interested in what his stance is on the workers at Honeywell because I certainly hope the same thing doesn't happen to the Honeywell workers that ended up happening to the workers um, at Right so many years ago now. Um, it's my understanding that um, they're going to be having a rally on, on the 18th, I believe it is, of uh, this month. The details of that um, rally are not completely clear yet. If you live in the Indiana area, um they have a UAW um, Facebook page for um Honeywell. It can be found on <coughs> excuse me. It can be found on Facebook. Um there probably will be some information there. So if you live close, stop in, um show some solidarity, bring some food, bring some water, um they could use the support, so hopefully that can work um, so that's about all I have on uh, the Honeywell issue um Then the other issue that I'd like to touch on is I'd like to tell everybody that very sad news um the last Oreo cookie rolled off the line Friday um in Chicago, south the South town, ending. Decades-long runs of these cookies. Um, Very sad that that happened. Um, There will still be some American-made products made at that plant. They'll continue to make um, Bella Vista breakfast biscuits, mini chips, ahoy cookies. Oreo cookies will still continue to be made at three other plants in the U.S., um, the key to knowing where these um, American-made products can be seen in the barcodes of the product package. Um, I'm going to look for, you know, in the next couple of days or probably yet tonight, um, the information on how you can identify um, which products are made in the United States and which ones aren't by the barcode and I'll post that to our Facebook page at Working for a Living so our members can see that. Um, 600 workers are losing their job there, and uh, that's pretty sad that that happened. Um, Part of this issue goes back to the 90s. Um, There was uh, legislation that was promised to be signed by Bill Clinton which was the Workers' Fairness Act, which would have prohibited um, replacement workers in plants. And he failed to sign that legislation. And workers are paying the price for that today, along with NAFTA legislation that he signed. Um, Today we still continue to battle trade agreements, and we need to continue to fight those. So uh, that's about all I have on, uh, on the issue of Honeywell and uh, the Chicago Works. So I'm um, open to comments.
1: Okay. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to ask or add to that?
0: Um, part of the um, reason Honeywell has locked out their employees, they want to take money away from the retirees or living off the pension. If I remember correctly, they stated they needed the money to apply for a federal program. They want to take away from bullying. Um, again, retirees in our country are being under attack as well as every other working person. you um, so worked that many years you earn that retirement, and you should not have to lose it by any means. Um, so I can't make it down to, down to Honeywell, but I know people who are, and I wish I could go on there, because we need to, as a as a workforce, start protesting these these uh, pension cuts. Not just Honeywell, but everywhere. The teamsters and you, so that's what I had to add.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I know the, uh, some of my friends in the AFL-CIO at very high levels, some now retired, continue to get pummeled, pummeled with uh, information from the Democratic National Committee, (DCCC) fundraising organization, and, of course, for the Democratic National Convention. Uh, One friend is very interested, uh, and without going into names, he's very interested in seeing uh, a a plank in the Democratic platform. And he writes and tells every one of the people that contact him, he writes and tells them the same message. When you put a plank in the Democratic Party platform that says we will assist the retiree pension funds as vigorously as we assisted the banks in 2008. Then you have my full attention. And that is with full attribution to a friend. I have to remain nameless, but I can tell you he carries a lot of weight. And I would suggest to all of our... Friends on this show, listeners and anyone involved uh, in the labor movement, whether or not you support everything we do, I think this is something that we could start a letter writing campaign about. I firmly believe that the Democratic Party ought to be sticking up for labor as much as they stuck up for the bank's. Uh, and I'm with him 100%. And I, I guess perhaps I'll, I'll put together a template and put it on our page so that people could just, uh, just copy and paste it so you wouldn't have to sit down and write it. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll do that in the next day or two, put that on the page. But, uh, Jeff, you're, you're spot on with your comment about them at Honeywell wanting to take away pensions. And here we are, the politicians aren't doing anything in regard to having a plan to assist in conditions such as are at Honeywell and attack on retirees and the Central uh, Teamsters, Central Trust Fund for retirees, and others that are in trouble. There's, uh, I think, five that filed. They were in trouble last December. Uh, And so, you know, on our own is likely... Uh, under, going to be under attack with any market constriction whatsoever. So uh, I want to thank you, Jeff, for your comment. Uh, David, thanks for a nice report. Really appreciate it. I don't have much to add uh, to that other than what I've already, you know, added to what Jeff said on the issue that's on the table down there. Uh, I have heard that there is comment from the Indiana AFL-CIO that there's no strategy, with this Honeywell company in this matter, and you know somebody needs to formulate a strategy, and we'll talk more about that at near the end of the show regarding our own IUAW. Uh, having said that, uh, uh, I endeavor now to talk a little bit about the constitutional convention. Uh, we just went through an election cycle, and we're still there's still a number of appeals regarding that election and how it's conducted and what they allowed to occur in it, uh, a number of folks, you know, almost in a majority, and in some instances you, you could say there was a majority of folk, uh, depending on how you look at it, that declined at least two of the, the contracts. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of discussion on the Chrysler and Ford agreements about whether they actually passed. And that was a ratification vote. And there's a lot of anger over what, what happened there. And the leadership caused that anger. The leadership at the IUAW International Executive Board level caused that anger. They put things in the contract. which have no business being in the contract. They conducted elections that were at best, curious. Having said that, how we change that leadership at the IUAW, International Executive Board level, is at convention by a delegate vote for officers of this wonderful and great United Auto Workers Union that has been infested with people that cannot function to the degree that's required of somebody at that level. They simply are inadequate to hold those positions. They are absolute categorical failures in their job performance. Jeff has called for them to resign. I I fully support Jeff. And if we can, we'll do something to get them out of office between now and then but we have the constitutional convention it's a year and 10 months away 11 months 10 and a half months away and we need to start to think about this to that degree i'm going to tell you the things that will likely occur between now and the constitutional convention in january of 2017 you can expect the largest general election cycle from the UAW to occur. Well, we've just seen once one election cycle with some of the local unions, but that's sort of an off election cycle for whatever reason. The big one is every three years and that is going to be conducted in 2017. That In January, they will begin to elect their election committee. Now, the election committee is made up of a chairperson and depending on how large the local, a number of election committee members. They're elected at the local union membership meeting. It is not plant-wide election. Anybody can run, and then you are all trained and given the handbook for election guidelines. And you then, the election committee, then conducts the elections for the general election in held in late April, early May of 2017. That's traditionally when that will occur. And that is for the president and the executive board, the vice president, financial secretary, recording secretary, uh, Guy Sergeant-at-arms, trustees, and the committee body. Chairperson and the committee body uh, will be elected then. Also, depending on your bylaws, the ten standing committees, chairpersons will be either elected or appointed by the new administration. Those will occur in 2017. You will be able to have a challenger for any of those offices. In other words, if you're running, you can ask for a challenger or two or three to go and support and watch, support you and watch every ballot box, okay? We need to watch for the following, having an election box and list in the plant and having an election box, ballot box, and list at the local union. These need to be coordinated through a computer process so that if you sign up to vote at the the union hall, you can't go in an hour later into work and vote again in the the facility, the plant or the office facility that you're voting in as a member. We need to watch for that. That's one of the things that we, as challengers and elected folks, we need to watch for. They do that at a number of locals that I'm well aware of. And then when they get caught, oh, well, we'll just pull out one. And they pull out your one, not their one. That's only if they get caught. So we need to have an electronic process for a voting procedure. This is 2016, it is the 21st century. There are any number of methods of doing this without fraud occurring, as I just indicated. Having said that, once we get through those elections and you choose, the membership chooses the officers. Now remember, those officers that supported this last contract have no business being returned to office, they have no business. You need to find some new people. And in the next little while, we're going to help you do that. This radio show, website, Facebook, and Twitter are going to help you in your selection of new people. Believe us. And we're going to do that in a way that doesn't jeopardize anybody's health, safety, or welfare, as has been in the case done. But once you choose some new people, and I hope you choose new people, I think our team here believes that you should choose new people. The people that administered this last election in whole need to be gone. Having said that, then we will function with that new group of officers through the balance of 17 and, of course, the ones... That just got elected through the balance of 16, 17, and then in 18, 18, will already have an election committee elected in most, all, every local unit, And that election committee will then be uh, overseeing the CONCON delegate elections. And when you get elected to the Constitution Convention, you also function as a bargaining at the bargaining convention. And I believe this is a four-year agreement, so we'll have a bargaining convention later that summer, sometime in 18. But, and that's for the Detroit Three. Others might fall in a little different cycle. Uh, but in in April thereabouts, the election committee will post an election notice asking for nominations for con- constitutional convention delegates. Every local union will have a different number. You know, I mean, the commensurate to the size of your local union won't be everybody a different number, but it, it you'll be assigned uh, a number of delegates commensurate to the size of your local union. Two thousand. Person Local Union, I believe, gets four, but I'd have to double-check that. Uh, But having said that, you will be uh, able to nominate people. Again, we hope that you nominate people who do not support the current administration in Detroit. They are failures. They need to be replaced. So anybody that gets nominated needs to be somebody that is committed to change in Detroit, beyond the pale, because there will be a lot of pressure on this person. They cannot be somebody that's swayed. Having said that, once you have your nominees in place, then you need to go and vote. This is a very important election. Everyone needs to go and vote for those nominees who are opposed to change. or or for change and opposed to keeping the, the, the folks there, okay, the IEB that's currently there. They need to be for change. Having said that, you're going to elect them, and then what's going to happen is they're going to get a lot of folk from the international union, the regional office, and the local union to come and talk to them about supporting the Ruther caucus, the people that are there, they will come into the local union and have special meetings with them, asking them to vote, to endorse them, which is you're actually illegal. You're not supposed to take to the convention any predetermined uh, uh, motion that uh, that binds your vote. Only by people that elected you are you bound to I have uh, the opinion that we need change and please elect me they elect you and then you're going to be bombarded people in the union local union you'll be invited to the regional headquarters whereupon they'll try and tell you welcome to the Ruther caucus welcome to the Ruther caucus Whereupon, you should just stand up and leave. Let them stand there and talk to themselves. When you leave that meeting, that sends them a message. There will be a lot of pressure then, probably from management, to get you to vote the right way, according to them. You need to stay strong. And then... If they support you and actually send you, and in the past they've actually elected people, told them they were going to go down at, uh, this happened in uh, Caterpillar, and then pulled their money. The people went on their own dime and still voted down there. So uh, if they send you, that's good. If you have to go on your own dime, Well, we'll have have to try and get you there somehow. We'll see. But we'll get you there to the convention. Again, there's going to be a lot of pressure to vote for the Ruther caucus. You need to stand strong against that. And then when you go to to the convention, they're going to call the convention to order. And then the agenda will progress as according to the Constitution of the UAW. It's outlined in there, unless it's changed by convention. And you'll get the opportunity to vote for president, for treasurer, the three vice presidents, and for the nine regional directors. They they will be in breakout rooms for the regional directors. And the regional director will then select an assistant. And I hope that team is somebody different than what's down there now. You'll finish the business of the UAW International Union at that convention and return home. Hopefully, with a new pep in your step, knowing that you've done the right thing to get a new administration in there that's capable with ability, real ability, to deal with management, to stop the suppression of wages, to return the work to the Detroit Three from these from these suppliers, get it back in house, and repatriate jobs from overseas, and that can be done by making an economic argument, as I indicated three shows ago when we had. Lindsay Herschelwood here on this show from Canada that can be done and we can set a high bar for the rest of the unions to follow so that we can turn our country around and stop suppression of wages minimum wage that's almost as much as entry worker for the Detroit Three that's horrendous absolutely horrendous having said that that's how the process will unfold there will be some direction from this show from our web page facebook and twitter pages to help guide you in a direction where you can take control of this union we like that the numbers are growing more and more people are joining this team every day. Thank you very much for that. Now, having having said all of that, Jeff, do you have anything to add to that?
0: No. I would really like to get the people more involved, our dues-paying members, because I know a lot of them are, are afraid to speak out. They're afraid to do anything, for fear of backlash from the international Um, but there are some of us who are strong enough to back you up. Um, Please, please vote for this. This It's very serious. In my plan, this election for its convention delegate, the percentage turnout is very, very low um, in my plan. It's like 17%. 17% out of almost 3,200 people is not good. I mean, that just shows you the apathy that people have in my plan. They don't like it. They think it's another boondoggle, another vacation for whoever wins. They don't understand the importance of this elect or this convention delegate election. Um, please educate yourself. This is more important than your contract election or your general elections inside your local or your plan. Um, we need, we need more people to stand up, and I'm willing to stand up. I have. i ran twice for convention delegate in my 29 years. I will run again. Oh, please get involved. I'm begging you. If you have questions, contact one of us, or if you're in the plant, my plant, stop me. I'll explain to you the whole thing, how it works. But we need time, time. Uh, to make changes, and we need it now, not 10 years from now, because 10 years from now may be too late. Um, now is the time. Now is the time to stand up fight back. That's all I have with
1: you, Thank you, Jeff. By the way, uh, uh, last Friday night, uh, my, I, I guess I'll back up a little bit, and it's a personal story. Uh, on Wednesday night, a friend of mine totaled his car, brand-new, well, and a, a nice Impala. Uh, and uh, he was pretty rattled. And for a couple of days, I chauffeured him around a little to get him what he needed. And um, late after sitting in the dealership for almost four hours, I'm quite sure that Mary Barra herself had to approve his deal. <laughs> but he uh, he bought a new champagne, champagne-colored uh, Malibu. And I had the uh, real pleasure of riding down to a nice restaurant uh, in the Fowlerville area and uh, having dinner with him and riding in that wonderful car. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a very nice vehicle, this new Malibu. Very nice. Uh, he can sync up his phone on the, 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 the little video screen that's right there. The radio's got its own video screen with all the, the Internet bells and whistles right on it, everything you can imagine. It's just an amazing vehicle, and it looks good. It really does. The trunk is just enormous. There's lots of room in all the seats. I've sat in all of them except the the driver. And let me tell you, it's just a nice, nice car. I encourage everybody to go out and take a look at one of these new Malibus. uh, Made in uh, uh, Kansas at the – Dave Dave helped me with the name of that plant. Our friend is from – that makes the Malibu. David, you missed me. Yeah. Anyhow,
2: it's, um, it, it, yeah, I have a couple things, Leroy. Um Yeah. What,
1: what, well, what's what's the uh, what's the name of the plant in, that's building the
2: Malibu down there in Kansas now? Um, that's uh, Fairfax, I believe. Fairfax.
1: Yeah, I, I, I had a on top of my tongue. Anyhow, uh, um, there's a, there's an end to this story. Uh, we're sitting next to uh, a, a gentleman that's a skilled tradesperson uh, pattern maker and his brother uh, we want to thank him for joining our page and listening to the show tonight by the way I won't say your name, but his brother uh, just hired in to your plant, Jeff and he's going to be looking you up and I'll tell you his name okay. off the air I'm to, I'll tell you his name off the air and i'm I'm sure he's going to be very supportive of everything that, that we're doing and what you're doing there in your plant so I think you got a new friend there, uh, but uh, shout out to our new friend on our show, on our page, and listening to the show. And I hope his brothers. He's got four brothers that are uh, uh, three of them who are tradespeople in the UAW, I believe. So, and then the other brother that's a production worker. So, thanks. Uh, we appreciate your support and listenership as well. So, but having said that, uh, 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 go ahead, David. Do you have some things to add? My report. Yeah,
2: about the Constitutional Convention. Um, right. Dennis Williams has um, an appeal for a separate ratification vote of uh, retirees on his desk. Um, at the convention, he can correct that, that issue. Um, That's correct. I hope that that, that, that happens. And the other issue... Right. Um, But I would like you to explain to all of our listeners and to the young members is how the UAW um, purchases trinkets and how they cater to the suppliers to make them feel warm and fuzzy during the convention process. I'll let you take that away. Okay.
1: Uh, They... uh, uh, it, it's true that there's an appeal and now it's at the uh, public review board level. Uh, and uh, what I, I guess I was remiss in, in saying that uh, during the April period, uh, you can March in April, you can be uh, writing and submitting resolutions for consideration at the Constitutional convention that is expected to be held in June of 2018. Uh, so we will have resolutions regarding that uh, going in from a number of different local unions, and we thank everybody uh, last cycle that, that uh, uh, put those in and got them approved at your local union, and then were sent to the uh, credentials commi- or the uh, resolution committee, and uh, got a number got passed. Uh, at least two of our resolutions got passed at convention last time. One. Uh, to help the pensions and if they bought an annuity with their money uh, out of the pension fund that they get reinsurance on it. that passed and uh, the uh, there was another I just uh, that escapes me at the moment uh, but anyhow we, we were successful in, in two of those. Uh, having said that, uh, regarding trinkets, uh, the UAW will, by all manner of uh, things uh, for the convention for the the uh, uh, delegates, they'll have a, a package that's provided them by the Ruther Caucus. The Ruther Caucus will have reception rooms, all manner of trinkets, you know, pens, hats, anything you can, can possibly imagine. Jackets, uh, you know, and they'll they'll be pouring money at. It. They really will. And uh, the suppliers uh, will be showing up. And, of course, they're going to be there saying, look at this and look at that. And, you know, the UAW is, is, uh, you know, hand hand in glove with them. uh, And really, this is no place for suppliers to be. This is a union election, union election. And so I got in a conversation with somebody the other day, and I'll be brief on this one. The current union leadership has allowed management to define our role. They've allowed management to define our role. It's time for us to define our role. As David knows, I've been helping him with a a lake board issue on the lake that he lives on. And they had, when we started, contract service provider for the chemicals that they're spraying in the lake sitting at the board, right with the members of the board, not in the audience, but at their table with full voice and vote. Well, I didn't vote, but full voice. And he, from the chemical company supplying the chemicals and administering the chemicals to this lake, defined the lake board as for the control of weeds only because that board allowed a contract service provider to define their role. Contrary to Michigan compiled laws, it defines it much broader to include the health of the water itself, the aquatic uh, plants in the water, the fish in the water, and for swimming and boating. Very broad definition, not so narrow as what this board allowed this board allowed that contract service provider to define them as. Now since we've been going to meetings, he hasn't come back, but any supporting staff has set at a table other than the board team. And the board seems to now have a definition much broader of their purpose than just weed control. And we got to take that same thing, and that was due to our effort, David and myself. We got to take that same effort to the International Executive Board and deal with these companies like we're a union, not their doggone mouthpiece or their instrument, like they got their hand shoved so far up our ass so lot that our lips are moving every time that they move their, their thumb and pinky. That's got to stop. Having said that, we know how to do it. Very clearly know how to do it. David just witnessed it. We can do it. And as one of our young friends that's part of the team said, when you have numbers, you don't need violence. <laughs> I want to give you a full attribution, brother, for saying that earlier. Or I guess it was just, when you have numbers, you don't need violence. And we need to build the numbers, brothers and sisters, from our membership. Just like Jeff just said, you can't sit on the sidelines and watch this one. you got to get kinetic, get out there, Find somebody that supports change and find somebody that will stand up to this pressure and get off your butt and go vote for them. That's simple because there's an enormous amount of pressure once you're elected to vote for the current administration. And we're going to start putting rocks in the way of their efforts. And it starts tonight with this show, explaining the process that you can come back to and listen and re-listen to as you need to in the future. You can come back and listen to this. We're going to leave it up. It's a podcast after it's done, live tonight. So, having said that, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say? On any issue?
0: No, no. you're, you're very correct, 100% correct. Um, yeah, people need to wake up and come together to do the right thing. So please, people, ask us yes. anything, uh, we'll David? tell
2: you. One thing, um, you spoke of challengers. Um, the challenger has a very important job in the election process. Um, that challenger needs to eat and sleep with that ballot box, never leaving it until the election polls close. Um, I experienced myself, a candidate who ran for election, and he lost that election by three votes. And it is my opinion today that he lost that election because his challenger got up at 11 o'clock and walked out of the union hall because he felt that would be okay. It's not okay. If you're a challenger, you eat, you sleep with that ballot box. You have relief come in to send you to the bathroom and bring you your food. So being a challenger is a tough job. That's a very important one That's all I have to say Larry Thank you Dave
1: Absolutely correct with that Um, Having said all of that We're a little bit long tonight Not, Not too much but a little bit We try to keep it to an hour for everybody It's about four minutes long tonight We have a lot of information for you And we now are starting this effort Regarding the Constitution convention We're almost two years out But this needs to build and peak in early 2018. So we're going to start with this by definition of what the CONCON is and what you your role in it is. Uh, and believe us, you have a role. We encourage any of you to contact us or just join the team uh, by joining our page. So uh, thank you so very much for listening tonight, folks. Uh, our, again, our email address is workingforaliving at workingforaliving.com. dot com. You can uh, email us at any time. Follow us. Go to the, the uh, 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 blog talk radio, working for a living, and click the follow button. Uh, we don't have enough followers at the moment. I know a lot of listeners are out there, but just take a second, go and follow. Click that follow button at our uh, root. Uh, uh, page there on uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash working for a living Uh, if you found value in this show please just tell one more person to come and listen to the show and as you do that the show will get the support and we can give you the direction needed to take out the UAW leadership that currently is abusing us Uh, having said that there's a shout-out to all of our friends in Brook Park, Flat Rock, Tonawanda, New York, Lordstown, Ohio, Flint, Michigan, Pontiac, De- Detroit, Bedford, Indiana. We love you guys down there, believe us. Uh, We've got a vice president down there that is very, very well qualified for his job and probably more in the future of this union. Uh, very nice man. Uh, uh, Lansing, Michigan, Toledo, uh, Ohio, Kansas uh, City, Chicago, Uh, St. Louis, Wentzville, um, Arlington, Texas, down there to the break room. We love you down there. Thanks for listening. Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, Doraville, uh, Georgia, uh, Santa Cruz, California, and everybody else around the country and around the world, our friends in Canada and Mexico that listen to us. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Everybody have a safe week. Stay safe on the roads. Watch out for the little kids that are out. School's out. And uh, be careful at work. So, with that, I'll say good night. Good night, Jeff, and good night, David. Good night, guys. Good, good
0: night. night. Have a good night. Good night.